Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Tuesday, February 13th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And um, I'm doing this show from our training room, which is not perfect for something like this, the lighting and everything like that. It's more set up for training. And um, just it's kind of been a crazy morning, so I apologize there was such a long delay before we actually started the show. I was setting up the second monitor so I could actually see StreamYard. Of course, we have no indication if the volume's coming through okay or not. So I did check it before going live, but if you are having problems hearing me, please let me know in the chat. Okay, so we are going out live to Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch and Rumble. So we added Twitch recently. Don't know how that's gonna go. This is, I think, the first one we're doing to Twitch. But in any case, with that said, let's see if I can... Um, add the that to the stage here and go to this look and uh, now we can take a look at the news and i didn't know i have to fix the the camera here it's too too zoomed out but that's okay for now um in any case hey i want to thank emmanuel for uh confirming that the audio was good really appreciate that thank you very much um so in any case uh i like to start the show off uh many days by talking about automate.news that's where every link we've ever covered is published and when you click on the link, it goes right to that news article. Okay, so we have somebody helping us who's uh, putting these up for us every morning, and we really appreciate that. It allows us to do other things. And from there, uh, I want to thank Siemens, who's sponsoring this episode. I had a great meeting with them about uh, upcoming events uh, last night and uh, also partnering with them to do training here in our training room. So I'm uh, very excited about those things. So thank you, Siemens, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, if you see your Siemens rep, Please uh, thank them for sponsoring the Automation Morning Show. So with that, let's go over to our first uh, press release. And, um, you know, when Siemens sponsors the show, I kind of move this to the front just to be nice. And uh, But I thought this was really cool, right? So this is their Cymatic ET200ISP distributed I.O. So if you think about this, this is, you know, I think I've talked about the ET200SPIO quite a bit on the show. But this uh, brings their um, ET200ISP to Profinet. Okay, so this is your, um, I'm, I'm looking for the terminology here. This is, uh, let's see here, I don't want to get it wrong. You can see a layout of it here, but uh, previously it would be on uh, Profibus DPEX, so explosion proof. You can see all these modules are EX type. So let's see if they give us the actual uh, rating here somewhere in the article. Again, I apologize for not having that all read up front. Well, in any case, so these are the more extreme modules for, you know, let's see if it says it anywhere in here. I guess I'm not going to find it. Failsafe, um, Cmatic, uh, eh, I'm going to move on. I can't find it here. Somewhere I did see um, where it said it was explosion proof. I don't see class one or div two or anything in there. So I'm going to move on. But if you know this product, you can now get it on Profinet. So let's go to our uh, next article here. And this one's from Red Lion. And this is that they have some new I.O. modules for their Flex Edge system. We've covered this quite a bit in the past, different application uh, studies they've done and shared with us. And here, what they launched is strain gauge modules, J1939. We've talked about that in the past. And then CAN protocol sleds. So if you're using FlexEdge or if you've been curious about it, but you needed one of these types of modules, know that this is now available. From there, we go over to IDEC. Now, I haven't seen anything new from IDEC in a while. This is the press release, and I will cover this, and I'll show you some pictures. 
But I reached out to them this morning saying, hey, we'd love to get you on the show, on the Automation Podcast, because uh, they just announced the release of a 7-inch PLC HMI device. And, uh, you know, we just had Horner Automation on. We've been working, trying to get Unitronics on. And I thought this would be a great complement to those two companies. And uh, here's what it looks like here. And we'll include both links in the uh, over at automate.news. But uh, in any case, it seems like it has some pretty um, advanced features. It does have expandable I.O. It does feature PID. It does feature PWM. So it supports script programming. It supports, um, you know, it's only 800 by 400. But again, in seven inches, that should be plenty of resolution, right? And um, it has, uh, you know, built-in analog in and out. It also has remote access, FTP, email, mobile app, and custom web page. And it comes with a three-year warranty, which is really nice. So in any case, great to see something new from IDAC. I hope hope to get them on the show. They have so many great products. From there, we go over to Phoenix Contact, and they have a new IP67 power supply with a Class 2 output. Of course, almost always want Class 2 output. But in any case, um, you can see it here. So it's IP67, so it has the uh, quick disconnects here. And this is called their IP67 Trio power supply. Okay, and it has a UL1310 a certification. And it looks like it has a temperature range of minus 25 to plus 70 C. That's quite a range. So let's go to the uh, next one. This is a new product from Turk. This is um, a new uh, HF read-write head. So high-frequency read-write head uh, in compact M12 size, so RFID. Okay. So I know this is uh, becoming more, as more and more people try to do trackability, traceability, and RFID tags are getting very, very, uh, you know, inexpensive. You know, every year they seem to drop in price that um, we're hearing more and more about, uh, um, you know, the different types of heads. Now, if you uh, are new to RFID or need a refresher, we did have RC from PNF on to go through the whole technology with us. So check out that previous episode of the Automation Podcast. Uh, over at SICK, we have a new uh, device here. This is the WTT12-S safety sensor for muting and full edge detection. Now, this particular one is up to SIL1 PLC. Okay, so this may not meet your uh, your higher requirements, but in any case, I thought it was a very interesting product here. So it's uh, designed for simple, reliable detection of objects and mobile and stationary applications, stationary applications. What's next here? Oh, we got a couple of new products from SMC, and I thought this was interesting, right? They What they've done is they have these electric actuators, right? The motor and driver um, can be from uh, 18 other companies, right? So you, here, here you can see the motors that you can connect to their, uh, their systems include Mitsubishi, Sanyo, Panasonic, uh, Nidec, Fuji, a lot of these are um, are uh, Japanese. Uh, we got Beckoff here, Delta, Yaskawa, Umron, Fanuc, Kiants, uh, Oriental Motor. We cover them. Rock Automation, Siemens, and Enka. I skipped a couple there that I'm not familiar with, like mine being Mitsumi and uh, Shinano. So, in any case, uh, very interesting that they're allowing you to use others' uh, motors on their uh, electric actuators but i think that's cool right because if you already have a plant full of somebody's motor then hey why not why not uh, use the quality products from smc with your existing motors 
Um, they also have a media, uh, I'm sorry, a metal speed controller, low profile type. So you can see this here. This is, they're saying it's perfect for uh, environments with welding splatter, dust, and ultraviolet. And um, this, if you're listening and not watching, this is their ASBL series. Okay. And uh, several different uh, tubing types, uh, compatibilities here and sizes. All right. From there, we go over to ProSoft. They have a new article about gathering field data with their new Modbus router. This is a Perian product. It's an Aperion Modbus router. Uh, we used to follow Aperion, but it seems like they're going to market through ProSoft. So we just we just uh, follow ProSoft and we get their updates as well. But in any case, you can see here they're going from Ethernet IP to Modbus RTU. Uh, it can be, it looks like it has two ports. One can do 485, one can do 232. And they also support, it must be a port on the bottom of the unit, Modbus TCP. So all three in one device, that's really cool. So in any case, we'll include this link at automate.news if you wanted to find out more. And uh, now we're at our featured product. Today I'm featuring an honor of our sponsor, our Siemens S7 PLC Level 1 course. Um, we are we are actually in in real disarray here because we're trying to move into the office. And uh, I was talking to Siemens last night. And I'm like, I don't even know if I have that part because all the parts are in boxes. So in any case, uh, we do look forward to getting everything set up. We'll probably do the product wall in here, not behind the um, workbenches, which is the next room over, um, just because um, we'll have just have more room to kind of leave stuff up here. And, you know, we have all this device that stuff, all this control net stuff, all this profinet stuff. We want to let the students use those products. So I imagine the students sitting here in the classroom going through the standard labs. But sometimes, and you may know this, you may have run into this, You'll have somebody who's much faster than everybody else. I remember going to a Rockwell uh, course once with my friend uh, Matt Frazier, and uh, we finished all the labs by uh, like 11 o'clock every day. And that kind of left half a day to really just, you know, check on emails, call customers and, you know, be bored, right? So I want to make sure we have enough that when people come in, they can, hey, you know, I've finished all the basic labs and they can go around the room and do uh you know, additional labs, right? So maybe have some additional uh, stations around the room. We got a conveyor, we got um, different training systems, we got a PID system. So in any case, I'm, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it. If they get done their their standard classes, they can go in and try those other things. I think that would be cool. So in any case, of course, with our in-person classes, we'll also give them a copy of a Ferrera course. So these uh, online courses are forever courses. You buy it once, you own it forever. I've had some people reach out to me, hey, can you do like a 14-day trial and then $10 a month? Well, the honest fact is that most people who sign up for courses don't take them right away. And so instead of going through, well, I forget to take it during my 14 free day trials or, you know, I've been paying for six months, but I never took it. Can I ever? We don't want to do any of that. You buy it once, you own it forever. You can take it as many times as you want. And, um, you know, that's that. And if you come to an in-person class, you'll get the online class included. If you have the online class and you want to come to an in-person class, you'll get a discount equal to what you paid on the online class. So that's how we're doing things there. So with that, we go over to uh, Profi News. I always like seeing what they have for new products each month. And uh, you can see here we got um, a growing number of Profinet over Ethernet APL. Remember, Ethernet APL, that single-peer Ethernet, right, that's intrinsically safe or good for hazardous environments. That is just a physical layer, right? The, the Any protocol can go over it. Of course, you have to test it out, make sure it works, you know, and certify it. But uh, Profinet is in the game on that. And you see Endress Hauser, who I just talked to about getting on the show. We'd love to have Endress Hauser on. Um, they have uh, already released uh, 
a Profinet over Ethernet APL devices for measuring level, temperature, and um, so on. Um, also, uh, they have a new MicroPilot. I believe we covered the new MicroPilot too. And others, I'm not going to read them all for you. Um, we also have new vacuum grippers with IO Link built in. That's very interesting. This is from a company called Coval. So I haven't heard of them before, but we'll have to stop following them. Um, chemical metering and dosing pump, right? This uh, could be uh, used in a lab environment, may also be used in a water environment, a drinking water environment. So this is a Watson Marlowe. I haven't heard from them in a while. And uh, this is a, a device that has, let's see what it has. Uh, what are you going to tell me? Oh, Profinet and Profibus. Okay, so the last one is Intelligent Vision Sensor with IO-Link. This is a IFM. Oh, great, IFM. We've had them on the show many times. This is their new O214XX, um, multi-code readers. So we did a great, um, a great episode of the podcast with them on their vision system, their small uh, vision system, and it's very, very interesting stuff. So with that, we move on to an article from Softing, and here they're talking about containerizing software packages simplify machine connectivity for legacy machines. So in this article, they're talking a lot about Docker containers. I haven't had a chance to play with Docker, but the concept is you can add, you have these these Docker containers and you can run applications in them. And it's almost like a virtual machine, if you would, running on maybe a Linux system or some other system. And so it makes it deploying things easy because the virtual environment's all set up. You just deploy the app to that environment or that Docker container. So um, they go through in this article and talk about their products. And um, some of the other things, they talk about their edge connector, they talk about their um, edge aggregator, all of which we've covered in previous shows. But very interesting. We hope to get more in the Docker here as time goes on. I actually hired my son. He's working on uh, Arduino, uh, different chipsets, and eventually we'll get into OpenPLC and deploying that on them. And then we'll look at industrial uh, Arduino-based uh, PLCs. But uh, in any case, we're going to walk before we want, right? So look for that coming in the coming days. And um, over at Premio, I saw something very interesting. And um, now I didn't look into this to see if it was industrial rated. Most of everything they do is industrial rated, but um, it is. It's almost like a, the size of a Raspberry Pi. This is a 3.5 inch single board computer, motherboard with 12th gen Intel chips. And um, you can see here how very small they are. Right. So that's very interesting for when you need low power, but high performance. Right. Maybe on the edge. Uh, very interesting there. Next up, we go over to uh, Schneider Electric. They have an article about ITOT convergence. Now, it starts out talking about, you know, building automation. Right. And, and for most of the industrial automation world, building automation is not part of it. It's huge. It's a huge segment. But it's not typically what you think of the classical industrial automation, which would include factory automation, utilities. And, um, you know, some other smaller areas, right? Um, you have pharmaceutical, which is huge, of course. You have oil and gas, which is huge, of course. Um, but in any case, um, but this, I, I included this article because I thought they did a good job talking about the ITOT convergence. I know in some plants, this will never happen. And in other facilities, it has to happen because they need, they need to have one guy managing the network, you know, for various reasons, which we could go into. But in any case, they actually get into talking about AI and machine learning. And I thought it was an interesting article, so I wanted to share it with you. Some great stats in there, too. Next up, we have an article from OnLogic. Now, we had talked about all the new NVIDIA Jetson AI-powered industrial PCs. We talked about this late last year. And so this is an article talking about that more in depth. 
So I really uh, appreciate them putting the the effort together. And then, you know, they, they talk about what's the difference between Jetson and discrete GPUs and CPUs, right? So a lot of times you'll have a CPU that does everything except the AI, the AI which the you'll find that the, um, the GPU handles, right? And so uh, this goes through all of that as well. So including the benefits of Jetson, which include low latency, energy efficiency, and versatility. So we'll link to that article as well. And then we have a new article from Omron. This one's about the power of OPC UA in industrial automation. And it kind of goes through and it, it leads into their uh, NX-102 machine controller. And uh, then goes into, and, and we cover OPC UA, we're seeing it really become a, a, you know, more important as time goes on, especially with the obsolescence or, uh, uh, what, there's another word for it, but of uh, uh, DCOM, right? The distributed component object model. And uh, that had a lot to do with legacy OPC, uh, Olay for process control. And so, um, you know, OPC UA kind of replaces all that legacy stuff, right? And eliminates a lot of those issues. And UA standing for universal access, there's a lot of advantages there over classic OPC. And of course, we've talked about FX as well, which is which is which looks to be a, like a game changer, allowing PLCs and IO devices to talk to each other using OPC. But in any case, I did want to include this. I thought it was a very interesting article. Uh, we also have over at Profi News a third um, our article in their series of articles on uh, ProfiNet application profiles. So originally they talked about ProfiSafe and Profi Energy. In this article, they talked about Profi Drive. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not have a time to read this full article, but the other two articles in this series were excellent. So um, I'll after the show, I'm going to go back and check it out and uh, and uh, read it because I'm sure it's just as good as the first two. But these uh, profiles were. You know, they, they were, people weren't using them a lot, but now with, you know, Ethernet just being like synonymous, right, um, with uh, with uh, field buses and automation and control, that, um, you know, they're picking up speed again. And people have shown a lot of interest, especially with the ability to have like, um, you know, if you think of it from a device that uh, stand, you know, having a standard EDS file and then be able to replace, you know, product A with product B and still have it run on the network. Um, so those are some of the advantages you can get depending on, you can see in this chart here, depending on what level you take it to, right? So whether you do, uh, you know, uh, application functionality, you can choose that. Uh, you can even choose dynamic behavior. So there's different levels of implementation that you can uh, you can uh, implement your uh, Profinet application profile with. From there, we go over to an article. I haven't shared anything from SME in, in a while. If you're not familiar with them, the Society of Manufacturing Engineers. But they had a great article on AI. They called it AI Simplified. And so I wanted to share that with you. A lot of stats in here, like 35% uh, of businesses are um, going to globally are uh, planning on using AI or using AI. 42% are exploring AI technology. They talk about generative AI. They talk about uh, machine learning, and they go into a 101 on machine learning and also talk about structured versus unstructured data. So for anybody who's keeping track of AI like we are on the show um, and machine learning, um, which we all know this is not Skynet. This is what we're talking about here, are really advanced algorithms and typically a lot of training data. You know, sometimes a lot of these big like chat GPT has, you know, millions and millions, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars of people training it or of routines training it to try to understand what the right answer is from the wrong. And so in any case, uh, excellent article there. 
From there, we go over the software toolbox. They have a new article on OPC Data Client and NUGET, the what, the why, and the how. So if you're using their products and uh, want to know more about that, um, NUGET, they even have a link to NUGET.org or NUGET. Um, you can check that article out. Now, as far as upcoming events, we do have a couple. Uh, the good folks over at Cognix have an event called Introduction to Logistics Automation. And this is on February 27th at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 to 9. Okay. And then the other one we had here was a Profinet um, developer webinar. Now, you may think, well, there's not a lot of Profinet developers out there, but listen to this. This is for not only for um, developers, but also enthusiasts. So if you use a lot of Profinet, right, and you want to know, like, you want to know what's going on, what's happening with the Profinet as a, as a whole, um, this would be for you as well. So anybody who's really uh, wants a deep uh, deep understanding of what's coming with Profinet, this is a Profinet free Profinet technology webinar. This is also Tuesday, February 27th. This is um, actually there's two. There's one for Europe and one for the U.S. I'll just uh, mention the U.S. one here. It's at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. And it's actually, it goes from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., okay? So that is a uh, pretty in uh, deep uh, webinar. So all you Profinet experts, uh, you should go to that. I would love to go. I just, with getting the new office up and running, I just don't have the time. Um, we have a couple of application stories today. We have one from ABB. This one's entitled, Bright Minds, Bright Lights, Real Human Robot Cooperation in the Production of Headlights. I have a headlight out on my car. I got to I got to order one. But in any case, uh, this is an application story about this uh, particular application here. Let's see if I can find you some pictures. Yeah. So here you go. There was another uh, article from Universal Robots I did not include, but it talked about um, safety and uh, you know doing a a case that uh, doing a study to ensure that um, you know nobody was going to get hurt. And that's very important when you have a robot arm that close to a worker, right? So in any case. Um, from there, we go to downloads. So we have a firmware update for the S7 1500 CPUs and ET200 CPUs. So if you're looking for that, that firmware, let's see if we can find it, 3.1.2. Okay. We also have a new uh, update for GeoSCADA Expert from Schneider Electric. This is a 2023 release. Um, this, this just happened February 12th. So if you want to grab that, I also linked here to the release notes. So if you're using GeoSCADA Expert 2023, yeah, the release notes are right there as well, so you can see what's new. Um, from there, we go over to our guide. Uh, we do have, if you're not familiar with theautomationblog.com, we currently have 16 different guides that uh, cover um, you know, all the main products we cover. Of course, this is not all the products we cover, but these are the ones I've wrote about and the freelancers who uh, submit articles I've written about, including Control Logics, Compact Logics, um, today we're featuring though our S15, S7 1500 guide. And you can see this. Oh, I think there's 45 different articles and videos in this guy guide. Always completely free. Always completely free. From there we go over to new uh, documentation, and this is an important article if you use Factory Talk VUSC in a typically a pharmaceutical application or a healthcare application. You know where you're making um, maybe it could be medical devices, right? Um, so this is applying, and I guess in some food applications as well, this is how you apply Factory Talk VUSC uh, version 13 in a 21 CFR pod 11 environment. Now, in the past, I've worked with um, 
several users are going through this guide. It's a very well done guide. But the thing is, as Rockwell adds more, um, more and more features to Factory Talk View, you know how you implement it changes a little bit. It actually gets a little bit easier. So if you go go and grab the old version of this guide, you can see there's a lot of things you have to do manually. But over time, they've added a lot of features to the software. So uh, if you're using View 13 in a 21 CFR Pod 11 environment, definitely check out this updated guide. As well as anybody using the Flex HA 5000, we had the product manager on to go through this soup to nuts. Great product, um, great podcast too. Um, check out the the tech data. I know we covered this a couple of weeks ago, but it's already been updated. So um, I didn't look at what the updates were. I'm sure they're just some minor ones, but uh, just uh, be aware if you're using Flex HA 5000, there is a new tech data or updated tech data on that product. Uh, from there, we had three catalogs from the good folks over at, uh, well, I think it's Emerson, right? Telemechanique? No, who is, who is Telemechanique? Well, here we have, here we have their uh, catalog on proximity sensors capacitive proximity sensors. We have a, a wireless and batteryless limit switch uh, catalog, okay? And we have an ultrasonic sensor catalog, okay? All from Telemechanique, and I'm dying to know, these are from Schneider. Okay, I thought I had that wrong when I said that, so Schneider Electric. Uh, from there, we go over to thank Siemens, our sponsor for this episode. If you see anybody from Siemens, thank them for sponsoring the Automation Morning Show. And uh, that's kind of out of order. Sometimes the tabs open up out of order. So in any case, um, I want to end, though, with this product, um, with this uh, video from IEEE Spectrum. And this is, if you're listening, this is some humanoid robots. The difference with these, though, are these humanoid robots, number one, they have grippers for hands. Okay, and number two, they actually don't walk. They do have knees, but their feet are bolted to a platform. And so I really, I don't, I really enjoyed this video. Let me go see if, uh, well, let me go full screen. But in any case, I really enjoyed watching this video. You can see it's on a platform there at the bottom. And um, it's a very interesting video in Article 2. And they joke a little bit about uh, if you ever played the game Portal and know what a cube is. Um they, um, they they joke a little bit about that too, but in any case, uh, I, you know, I honestly kind of think, you know, it's easier to have them, you know, use a wheeled base than actually walk around. So in the short term, even though we've seen many many humanoid robots that walk, you may find that it's faster, simpler, and easier to deploy something that has um, has a wheeled base. Interesting. I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Um, they come over here, and there's one that plugs himself into the charging port. Um, somebody was asking, hey, why doesn't the base just plug in when it wheels up? And they said just for the just to get something that they could deploy quickly, this is how they did it. But in any case, I'm not going to play the whole video, but I thought it was interesting. We, we're, we're, we not only cover industrial robotic applications and cobot applications, but we've been following these uh, humoid-type robots because they're getting super close to, you know, mass uh, distribution out there. You know, they're, they're actually working, right? So um, once you have something that works, innovative people start deploying them. So uh, with that, I just want to remind you that we have a community, our very own community. Um, it is called uh, automation.locals.com, and you can post questions. I checked it last night. There were no new questions, but I check it every day for questions. This is where I can spend more time with the audience if you have like, or, or you know, I had one person, hey, I have an old PNLV 1200 file I need to convert. Um, 
you know, can you help me out? Nobody at the distributor will help me out. It's like, sure, you just spin up that VMware and I converted it to 1400, allowing him to bring it into the panel view plus. So that's the kind of stuff we do over at automation.locals.com. I also post links to everything I'm doing there too, which you'll also find in the automation blog. But, you know, if you're following me in one place, I want to make that easy for you. Um, also, if you have a news tip, we've had some people submit news tips. I reached back out to them. Um, you know, vendors submitting them, which is great. So I reach back out to them. I say, hey, this would be good if you could come on the show. I'm not familiar with this product and so on. But if you're just a, a follower or a user, you can submit new news tips here. I remember, um, you know, one of the things, the uh, inductive couplers was a news tip, right? And we've been following those now since that tip came in. So please feel free to send them in. Also, I want to thank everybody who stopped by the automationblog.com forward slash shop to pick up either one of our ebooks or one of our coffee cups, t-shirts. I get some great ideas for new ones. Um, I just need more time. <laughs> There's not enough time in a day. But in any case, you can see um, the Siemens ad here is because they came on the, po the, the podcast with us to talk about the S200 and 210, and they sponsored the episode. So not only do they make it ad-free, but they also are helping uh, keep the automation blog servers running. So we really appreciate them. Um, and with that, I just want to close out by saying that you know, if you're new to the show, every single link that we have uh, that we have covered in all, I don't know, 160, 170 shows, there's, um, gee whiz, I don't know, over 3,600 news stories we've covered in the last 160 plus shows, you will find at automate.news. Now, um, I haven't somebody help me put these in every day. If you see a mistake, let me know. I've just had not had the time to get back there and um and, and start checking them but uh just a quick look it looks like he's doing everything perfectly so really appreciate that help and with that i think at this point i gotta look over to this screen here and if we go back to full screen we can close out the show i did see a couple of comments come in oh from frank uh yes nvidia pine nvidia pioneer of ai gtc 2024 conference and then he says, forklift robot mage yet? Question mark. That won't drop the product. That won't drop the product. Okay. So, um, you know, you think there would be some like AGVs and AMRs that, that do the job of forklift, right? I've seen, I've seen them out there. So, but I haven't interviewed anybody who makes a forklift AGV, right? So the, a, the AGV is probably the would be the best, most used for forklifts. And I've actually seen them in factories and automated warehouses in person. So, um, but one that doesn't drop the products. So apparently there's still some things to work out there. Well, I want to thank everybody who commented today, Emmanuel, Frank, and everybody else. I want to wish you all a great day. We're going to get the studio up and running at some point. <laughs> and I won't have to wear these, these headphones and, and I won't have to look way over there to see the TV. We'll have it right behind the camera. They are, they're still doing construction here. I didn't hear anything with the headphones on this morning. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm wearing them because uh, the lapel mic will be more uh, apt to pick up construction noise. But um, they're redoing this whole building after Wayfair moved out. And we got a nice suite here. Matter of fact, I wanted to pull up the cameras to show you the different rooms and the state of disarray, but I didn't get to that today. But in any case, I want to wish you an awesome day. And I want to encourage you, no matter what happened, and we had some crazy stuff happen last night, no matter what happens, stay courageous, stay fearless, and try to stay positive. And until next time, my friends, peace.